Why is it that many people today believe in angels but do not have a proper understanding of who God is? For it is the one true God that angels serve. Folks embracing New Age ideology and liberal thinking Christians and even some well-meaning evangelicals will tell you and I that they have no problem praying to angels. This is what we're going to deal with today on the Let's Get Real podcast. My name is Rob Lundberg, and you are listening to the Let's Get Real podcast. Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast, and my name is Rob Lundberg, and thank you for coming back this week for another episode. I want to talk to you today about this whole idea of should we pray to angels? You know, as I mentioned in the opening, you know that many people today have a faulty understanding of who God is. And a lot of times what happens is they go and they have a tendency to do what the church at Colossae did in worshiping and praying to angels. People who are involved in ritualistic denominations, people who are involved in Unitarian cults and the Unitarian Universalists, and even Roman Catholics are probably some of the first knee-jerk responses as far as who actually prays to angels, but it isn't just that. Last week, we, I shared with you five things on why I cannot embrace the New Age, New Age ideology, and I want to let you know that this has a tendency of creeping into people's minds as far as angels and the existence of angels, and I just want to let you know, first and foremost, I do believe in angels, and I'll tell you why in just a moment, but you see this and hear about this even in the New Age movements. Notice I said movements. you got a lot of New Age spirituality flying around in our culture. People worshipping the green dragon of environmentalism and also the Trojan horses of uh, the New Age coming into the church through centering prayer and or, or uh, contemplative prayer. Centering prayer and contemplative prayer are, are two of the same thing, maybe with a little bit of differences, but they got Buddhist tendencies. And of course, a lot of people, well-meaning things, um, well-meaning believers, uh, are going and smuggling this into churches in their private lives, and then going and sharing this as well. I'm going to be doing a series on this. In fact, I've also just got finished notes, uh, my lecture notes for Cornerstone College and, and Seminary, where I'm teaching a world religions class, and I was under the conviction this past week that I add, needed to add a block of what the New Age movement, so the new spirituality. There's nothing really new under the sun. In fact, as I mentioned just a moment ago, the church at Colossae that Paul wrote to in the first century actually had some tendencies or they addressed the whole subject even of of worshiping angels. And of course, if you pray to angels, you're probably worshiping angels as well. But with regards to angels, you know, 
again, why do people do this? Well, it's just because they don't have a proper view of who God is and understanding the role of angels in the ministry of God in, in our world today. Now, angels can be invisible, and as they do in the New Testament and the Old Testament, they show up physically as well. So, a lot of times what happens is they go and they take and they hypothesize, I guess, if you will, the invisible ministry of angels, and they speculate that angels are hearing our prayers and they're bringing them to God. I don't know. But nevertheless, let's talk about what angels are first, and let's go and break through the center of the onion, if you will, with reference to the role of angels. Should we pray to them? Uh, you'll find out the answer is no, but I want to uh, take us there and get us from point A to point B. First off, what is an angel? As I just mentioned, they do appear physically and they also appear, uh, they don't appear, uh, they, they're both physical and invisible in their manifestations, if you will. Uh, we see this in the Old Testament, we see this in the New Testament, we talk about this uh, in the prophetic writers, they talk about the, the writers, the writers of the prophetic books in the Bible, the major minor prophets, they go and they, they discuss a little bit of this as well. But angels are a part of God's created order. They encircle the heavenly throne. They announce divine messages. They serve the, as heavenly warriors like Michael. Furthermore, Scripture does record several instances in which angelic beings have interacted with men and women. The book of Hebrews even suggests that one may unknowingly show hospitality to angels. That's found in Hebrews 13 and verse 2. Angels, it appears, are actively present in Christian lives, but know that there are also fallen angels that are there that to deceive those who think that they serve God, but the God, small g, that they serve is not the one true God. Over the years, there have been a multitude of books television series, television shows, Touched by an Angel being one of them, and even movies that aim to explain the role of angels in human life. Some of those explanations are congruent with what we know from Scripture, and other explanations come off the pages of some New Age teacher. From the Christian context, though, this has given rise to the popular belief in one's guardian angel. Many people believe they have a personal angel to whom that they can send their requests for help. There are even websites designed to help someone learn the name of this guardian angel. And of course, what's really humorous, <laughs> I think of this, and I just thought of this as I'm going through my script here that there are people in the New Apostolic Reformation that talk about an angel named Emma. Uh, I, I don't have the link for it. I saw it on a video this past week in a, in a video that my daughter and I were watching on Pirate Christian Radio, uh, uh, Chris Roseborough's uh, video podcast, if you will. And we both got a chuckle out of it, you know, Angels are not, we don't pray to angels to ask for their help. Uh, 
If that's God's will to send an angel to help us, amen. But that's not what they're about. There are even, I mentioned there are websites, but given this belief in a guardian angel is that it is too much of a leap to believe that one is able to pray to that angel. But is this, I'm going to say it, is this biblically accurate? After all, understanding how to pray is only one part of the spiritual practice. Equally important is understanding to whom we direct our prayers. Thus, the question remains, does the Bible support the notion that Christians can pray to an angel for guidance, relief, or aid? Now, the issue about praying to angels, absolutely not. Since Christianity is a world uh, is a supernatural worldview, you know, we believe that there's a God that is supernatural, and of course, if we pray to that God, we are dealing with the supernatural. Since Christianity is a supernatural worldview, and angels are supernatural beings. It should be a reasonable conclusion to say that Christians do not deny the existence of angelic beings. Of course, I know that there's probably a denomination out there that denies the existence of demons, so demons have fallen angels for the most part. So if they deny the, exist- they deny the existence of demons, they might deny the existence of angelic beings, but that's not biblical. At the same time, nor do Christians reject the idea that angels can interact with faithful men and women. I've heard stories about this happening. And I could, I could share some of those things with you. Even, you know, I kind of wonder even in my younger life whether or not one picked me up by my shoulders and kept me afloat at, uh, at a church picnic when I dropped off a hole in the water and really couldn't swim very well. There are many examples where we even see in Scripture. One of the earliest is the account of Abraham receiving the promise from God. Abraham entertains three angels by the tree of Mamre. Other examples are where Joshua speaks to an angel before crossing towards Jericho. And both Mary and Joseph received messages about the birth of the, of the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb. Uh, they, they received angelic visitations, Joseph in a dream, Mary face to face. I mean, you know, what is absent in these occurrences is an act of prayer. Was there a conversation? Well, we know from Mary, yes. From Abraham, yes. From Joshua, yes. Yet while prayer is talking to God and aligning ourselves with his will, there was no prayer to angels in any of the aforementioned biblical examples. So is it okay to ask questions? Yes. Is it okay to pray to angels? No. Praying to an angel is specifically forbidden in Scripture. The book of the Revelation, for example, depicts John bowing down before his angelic guide to worshiping him, and the angel was very quick to reprimand him, saying, 
Do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you. Imagine that. We are fellow servants with angels. That angel said, I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. That's Acts 19, uh, uh, Revelation 19, verse 10. The angel also rebukes John for his worshipful act. In fact, this very scene happens again in chapter 22 when John falls before the angel in an act of worship only to find himself told that such an action betrays the true manner of worship. And that's in the Revelation chapter 22, verse 9. Bowing down before an angel is tantamount to idolatry. And all worship is to be directed toward Jesus, who is the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. Well, all this talk about worship then. Prayer is by nature an act of worship. And as I just mentioned, prayer more than simply is more than simply talking to God. Let me say that again. Prayer is more than just talking to God. Why is that? Because when we pray, we bow our hearts and minds and possibly bodily before the Lord in an act of worshipful submission. Jesus taught his followers to pray that, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. So as one enters prayer into a time, one enters prayer into a time of praise and worship and contritely requests forgiveness of sins, presents needs in a, in a petitionary manner or in a supplicational manner, manner, I should say, or they offer requests or offer thanksgiving or will pray for others or even thanksgiving for things given to us by God, or even intercessory laments, imprecatory prayers in our day and age, one does not need to worry about this because when we do this, we do it in the context of opening our hearts and our life to the presence and lordship of Jesus Christ. So praying to an angel is more than simply interacting with angelic beings or angelic visitors. Praying to angels involves the devotional act of spirituality submitting to an angel's will and activity. I can think of two religions in, in religious history from, from the very get-go. One of them being when Jibril showed up to Muhammad and said, write and recite, and then another one to Joseph Smith in 1832, where he supposedly received the revelation of the angel Moroni. We don't even know if there's an angel Moroni. But praying to angels involves a devotional act of spirituality submitting to an angel's will and activity. So here's a question for us. How does one know that the angel is an angel from the one true God? Let that simmer for just a second. How do you know that the angel that you pray to, if you pray to an angel, how do you know that angel's from God? To 
prayed an angel be an angelic being naturally works against the vibrancy of one's faith in Jesus. We got that from Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. One cannot worship the Lord, the one true God, and pray to an angel at the same time. So as as I wrap this up, uh, actually I got a little bit more, but just I want to I want us to think about this. Who should we pray to? Well, if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to think about what I'm saying here. If you are a Christian, then who should Christians pray to? You know, I want to speak to Christians here. You and I cannot live a life of faith without active and ongoing prayer. Scriptures abound regarding this fundamental truth. We have Romans chapter 12, verse 12, and, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Prayer is the lifeline or the lifeblood of the Christian life. And of course, whenever the Bible speaks of prayer, it assumes that prayer is rendered to God alone. Prayer to any other being than the true God is considered idolatry. Each member of the Trinity is specifically mentioned as one to whom prayer is directed. Jesus specifically instructs his followers to pray to the Father. In his introduction to the Lord's Prayer, he states, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. That's Matthew 6, 6. Equally, however, Jesus tells us as his disciples and tells the disciples in the Gospels that he is the one to whom prayer is directed. Jesus promises the disciples that whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, John 14, 14. Similarly, Paul pleaded with the Lord to remove the thorn of in his flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, and this indicates that Paul's prayer was directed to the risen Christ. Not to be outdone, prayer is also addressed in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Paul, for example, exhorts believers to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. That's Ephesians 6.18. Whether prayer is directed to the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, it is clear that the Christian, that Christians pray to the triune God. An interesting question to ask here is this. Why do Christians pray exclusively to the triune God? Or to put it another way, why is it wrong to pray to angels? The answer is relatively simple. God delights to hear our prayers. This is one of the foundational truths of, of who God is. God willingly and lovingly enters the prayers of the faithful and weary. Notice that it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7, whatever the, what other nation is so great to have their, gods, have their gods with them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Also, in Psalm 102, verse 17, he will respond to the prayer of the destitute, and he will not despise their plea. Isaiah 65, 24, before they call, I will answer. Notice that. 
before they call, I will answer. Why is that? Because prayer starts with God. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Why? Because we serve an infinite God, a God who is all-knowing, who knows what we are going to pray before we pray it. He knows what's on our hearts. He knows what's in our minds. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears open their prayers. 1 John five fourteen is one that we have for confidence. Notice that he, he, John wrote, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Now, a lot of times Christians will go and ask about God's will. You know, first I want to let you know praying is part of God's will. Listening to this podcast is part of God's will. Kevin DeYoung's got a good book entitled Just Do It, you know, about knowing the will of God. It isn't about going and taking a step here or there and waiting for a sign to pop up and says, walk ye in it. Uh, I would recommend that book to you. It's a short little read. It's a very good book, but I think it would benefit you greatly. So perhaps most of the, signif- the most significant verse in this line is found in the book of the Proverbs, where we read, The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. That's Proverbs 15.8. Put it simply, it it pleases the Lord to hear our prayers. When we direct our prayers to any other being than the triune God, we are robbing the Lord of that which is pleasing and delightful to him. So, if angels don't answer prayers, then what do they do? If it's idolatry to pray to angels, what good are they? Well, deciphering the different order of angels can be difficult and confusing, and the Bible does record a variety of angelic types. Most notably, you have angels and archangels. You have cherubim and seraphim. There are also a rank of demonic entities that are listed in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 that are listed by the Apostle Paul. He says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Folks, we live in a supernatural worldview, and we live in a supernatural world. The universe is not closed, like atheists would like to tell you. But with what we see from Scripture both the good and the evil angelic beings, there has had a lot of speculation as to the role and rank of each type of angel. In fact, the field of angelology, which is a study of angels, exploring the hierarchy of angels, there there is actually a a field in, in that. I don't know how well it pays. I don't think it pays that well, but nevertheless. Um, So let's get back to biblical. Let's get back to the biblical. So biblically speaking, it is unclear whether specific types of angels hold different roles before God. Now, our picture of angels as winged creatures bearing harps and halos is more of a product of Hollywood than it is from the scripture. Yet one thing is perfectly clear. 
The primary purpose of all good angels, regardless of their title or rank, not those listed in Ephesians 6, is to point humanity, let me back up here, to point humanity, again, to point humanity to the glory of God. The angelic host bears the message of God's activity in human life. Look at the angelic appearances to the shepherds. Behold, I, we, send, we give you good tidings of great joy, which is to all people. To unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They were giving the, 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 the news of God and what God had come to do through Jesus. Now, I just mentioned that, and if you want to find out, that's um, in Luke. In fact, let me give you a little bit more. Particularly when the angel visited Mary. Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel who tells her, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Gabriel here serves as a messenger and he declares the good news of the coming Messiah. And I mentioned the choir of angels surrounding the shepherds, heralding, heralding the birth. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. Well, that was the specific message given by God to bring to the shepherds, to bring to Mary a message from God, his messengers. Angelos, in fact, means messenger. In each instance, angels declare the good news of Christ and invite humanity to recognize the glory and majesty of God. So the role of an angel in the life of a Christian is to lead them to deeper worship of the Lord Jesus. Angels may intervene in our lives or speak to us as uh, of God's activity. There may be even times wherein one is blessed to interact with an angel. The, the purpose of any interaction or intervention or message is to unite us more fully to our Lord. Like Jacob rising from his dream in, of the angelic ladder in Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 17, we are to leave our encounter with the grander vision of who God is, his power, his, and his presence in our lives. So angels serve no other purpose than to point to the presence and interaction of God in our lives. They are not to be prayed to. They are not to be worshipped. They are God's messengers and not independent message carriers. Angels actually carry out the work of God. Angels themselves are not divine beings. They are servants of God. In fact, the word, as I just mentioned to you, the word angelos means messenger. Angels do not hold mastery or sway over God's kingdom. They bear the message of God's sovereignty in his reign. And similarly, while the Bible indicates the presence of warrior angels involved in spiritual battle in the Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, we see this. This does not mean that angels have the power to grant prayerful requests. Angels merely carry out the work of God in the heavenly realms and upon the earth below. So as we wrap this up now, 
praying to angels makes no sense when we approach the topic biblically. God is not too busy, not too burdened, not too consumed with other matters where he cannot hear our prayers. He wants to hear our prayer. He does not need to delegate answering our prayers to lower beings like angels. God is not the unjust judge who responds to prayers out of self, out of a sense of reluctant duty, or so that we will stop bothering him with our concerns. Read about that in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And because Jesus is adamant that the triune God delights to respond to our prayers. So simply put, if God truly delights to hear and respond to the prayers of his people, why would we want to direct our prayers to anyone else? We need not pray to finite created beings like angels, and neither should we do so. You've been listening to the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. Thank you for carrying uh, this podcast through and you're listening. If you have any questions, please email us at roblundberg315. We will be dealing with other issues of the New Age spirituality next week, and we'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Again, if you have any questions, email us at roblundberg315 at gmail.com. And as you go out this week, go out and give them heaven, and we will be back with you next week. Lord bless. Lord bless.